The beats, the flow, the rhythm. All movements start from the streets. Streets saying our podcast. It's a good day. Always a good day because we still here to say it's a good day. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to the Street Saying Our Podcast. It's your host Giddy Jicky with it. It's your other host Johnny No Good. You know, took some time off and forgot who he was. Yeah, forgot who I was. <laughs> Finding man. himself while forgetting who he used to be. Man, that <laughs> part. Shedding layers. That part. We gonna get to that. But man, we gotta. Uh, you know, we do a lot of talking about a lot of things. We try to stay out of the gossip. Uh, we try to stay on on point with our mission and what we trying to move as a culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that's who we going to be. And that's who we are. That's who we going to be moving forward in our own ways. Um, we ain't really here for the bullshit like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stay away from the tabloids. Mm-hmm. And being that, you know, this will be here one of the last weeks of Black History Month, Black Heritage Month, Black Future Month, just Black Month. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important that we touch on certain things and unlike some people who may be in media that get removed we don't mm-hmm. even before the show we were talking about you know a few things that was happening in the neighborhood you know and I, we had that discussion mm-hmm. a, a little bit we didn't get into the so much the street side just more the music side we stayed clear mm-hmm. but we don't get the opportunity uh, to take ourselves out of the work that we say we about, mm. which is a blessing and a curse. So mm. it keeps us uh, on task, on point, on par with what we're supposed to be doing. And if you haven't seen the news in the last two, three weeks, uh, we know that in Minneapolis, Minnesota, yet another one of our young brothers have been slain by the police department uh, up there. We are talking about our brother Amir Locke. Mm-hmm. Our brother Amir Locke, we we sit on the last pod uh, with DJ Mr. Soul. Our, uh, our brother Johnny couldn't make it. He was up in Minnesota uh, with the family because he is family. Mm-hmm. So these things are, again, when we say we're not far removed, we're saying it's home. Mm-hmm. It's not close to home, it's home. Mm-hmm. And um, today we also have a guest in we're gonna just have a discussion, bring, shed some light, shed some truth to the situation, shed some uh, feelings about the situation, and and you know have that open dialogue, um, and mainly with the family. So um, I'm gonna toss it to brother Johnny, and I'll let him introduce our guest for this evening. Yeah, for sure, man. Oh uh, man, it's funny, man, <laughs> sitting over here in this in this seat, uh, introducing my cousin. Uh, this is my cousin, double cousin, not just because he big, you know what I'm saying, because he actually didn't lost some weight. But this is my double cousin, man, because our dads is brothers and our moms is sisters. So, you know, if you related to him, you related to me. And uh, this is actually one of the people who was responsible for getting me started in the music game, Untamed Music. Man. Um, you know, back when it was NRP. Um Back when y'all was recording on, on tape recorders and stuff like that, man. man. So, you know, it's just uh, it's funny to come full circle. And outside of, you know, just everything that's going on that it went on in the family, I also, too, want to just bring awareness to everything that you got going on uh, with, your, with your clothing line, with the untamed uh summer programs that you got going on and just let everybody know a little bit about who Sherman Lamont is and what's untamed and what was untamed music, man. So without further ado, man, I just want to go ahead and introduce this guest over here. And this is brother Sherman Lamont. Appreciate you, man. Can Uh, we get a round of applause for our guest Sherman Lamont? (laughs) Yes, sir, man. I'm actually uh, glad to be here. I've been re. Uh, a lot of people have been requesting for me to come on their shows or podcasts and talk, but um, it's not a lot of people that I respect. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, when you hit me up, 
I told you clearly, like, anything associated with you, I'm going to do. For sure. Most people, I'm going to just tell them no. <laughs> because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, this year I'm moving in less talking and more doing. And uh, I really don't want to talk about a bunch of stuff I just like to do. Mm. But when I get an opportunity to talk about it, I think it's good because I want I do want the people to know what we up to. Mm. And so um, Untamed, uh, it actually did start off as NRP, which was Nigger Rig Productions. We uh, It was just a bunch of dudes, uh, and the group was actually Untamed. Mm. And uh, we was rigging up stuff just to get our music recorded. Mm. <laughs> and uh, as time went on the passion for it was just not as identifiable with the group. They, everybody had their own thing, but it was my passion. Like, uh, for people who don't know, Johnny's mother is the one who adopted me from the foster homes and her, uh, she is actually still, she is my mom's sister. So they bloodline sisters, but his mom came looking for me mm. when I was 13 and found me in the foster home and got me out of there, mm. you know, and brought me back to my family. So, uh, when uh, way before Johnny was born, you know, um, she always bought me keyboards and stuff like that because that's what I was into. And I wrote a lot of poetry and raps and stuff like that. So, you know, when he came along, um, it didn't take long for him to pick up on that stuff. I see, I think about seven or eight, he was already understanding the concepts of writing and uh, being on beat. And so it, it rejuvenated me at that point to take the group and make it untamed music. Mm. And so from there, I mean, yeah, we put together a bunch of albums, a bunch of groups, and still, you know, um, when money got involved and contracts got involved, that's when things kind of fell apart because we was offered contracts, but they was 360 deals from people in LA. And uh, I was smart enough to know not to take them where other people thought that I was just saying don't take them because I was trying to hinder us, but uh, 360 deals are no good. So um, I kind of fell back from that, went into a little comedy, um, and then, uh, you know, Untamed, I dropped off the music and finally let the world know what it really meant. Uh, when we decided to come up with Untamed, the only person who knew what it meant back then was Johnny, and I just felt like the world wasn't ready for what we really wanted it to be. So we disguised it as music to gain fans and to gain popularity, gain some people. And then finally, we decided to let people know that Untamed was the unified nation taking action, mentally erasing deception. Mm. And uh, we wanted to make sure we mentally erased the deception that us as black people couldn't be together, that we had to hate each other. We had to jump off the porch or come down on niggas, you know. Um, and we wanted the younger generation or anybody for that matter to understand that our greatness is suppressed for a reason, right? And and the reason is people have studied us for years and they know we great. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's things put in place to suppress us from our greatness and we wanted to make sure we are mentally erasing that deception. So that's mm -hmm. what Untamed is. Mm -hmm. um, and so what happened uh, <laughs> over these last few years, um, you know, in 2020, my mom passed on Christmas uh, Day, and uh, we was all there. Uh, it was the moment, it was like a rebirth for me, and um, instead of wallowing in my sorrows, I kind of felt like I absorbed her energy. And so Christmas uh, 2020, that went through, and then, man, it's like 2021, we just jumped out the gate, and... Um, I decided that uh, me, my wife, and my daughter, we had talked about some engagement programs or just to get the community to start rebuilding trust. And so um, it's so weird how it happened. I talked to Anthony Kellogg about it. Shout out to my brother. And, uh, you know, I told him about Untamed, and he was just telling me, like, a nation needs to have a pledge. So we, we wrote a pledge called the Melanated People Pledge. And at the same time, in that barbershop, I said, man, you know what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to call down to this church and find out who's running the Bryan Center and see if we can start running plays out of there. Before I could make that phone call, I received a text from my cousin saying, hey, cuz, I'm the director at the Bryan Center now, and I want you to come down here and start running some plays. Mm. So it was just like, wow, mm. you know, divine order, mm. right? So... We came down and actually I took four of my wife's nephews, uh, nieces and nephews with me. And we just went down and said, you know what? Every Sunday we're going to come down here from four to seven 
and I'm going to feed the kids, and we're going to play basketball and, and link up, you know, try to get the community out. And it went from four people, and within a couple weeks, 40 people, then 50 people, and then the power went out mm-hmm. in the city. Um, and during that time, uh, that Sunday, we did feed people, um, even though the power was out. And then I took the leftover food to Florence Towers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florence was completely out of power except for in the hallway. So it looked like a refugee camp because everybody moved their freezers and deep freezers into the hallway to plug up in the hall. Mm. It was wild. I didn't videotape it because I didn't want to further demean them. But we brought the food down, and then we ended up linking up with Nika Johnson, a bunch of different people in the community, and literally fed the whole complex. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of just my sister who lived there, we fed everybody from the top floor to the bottom floor. Man. And that exact same day, then Robert Wagner had the idea, let's pull everybody into the uh, Fontenelle. Everybody bring y'all grills, whatever meat y'all got that's thawing out. Everybody refrigerators was off anyway. And we grilled up a lot of food and fed a lot of people that first day. Um, And Tamika Renee, she was there and she said, you know what, we're going to just do this every day until the power's back on. So we decided to do it every day. So we went Fontenelle, uh, Matoya Center, Benton Park. Um, I think back to Fontenelle and, uh, and then back, I mean, uh, back to the Bryan center. And it was just a beautiful thing to go five. It was about five straight days of feeding the community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, it, it's nothing like it. Like, uh, I didn't have a dime. <laughs> I didn't have a dime. I just had the thought that we wanted to make sure people had somewhere that they can come and grab something to eat. Uh, the community, 100% Northside community funded all that. And uh, that's when I told them, we might not have electricity, but we got power. Mm. Mm. Uh, everybody kept saying, oh, the power's out, the mm. power. I said, the power's not out. We are the power. That part. And so the city didn't provide nothing for us, you know. Um, and maybe the electricity was out, but we found our power and we was able to muster through it. And by the time the power came back on, we still did one more day of feeding and it was beautiful. Um, and and uh, these brothers here, you know, a couple of them was there for it. And without me making the call, they just showed up. Mm. Brother Johnny, Shamari, Terrence, a few people. And uh, they was there every day. And we ended up going 20 weeks straight. Mm. Four to seven, 20 weeks straight. Everything we had left over, we took down to the homeless shelter. And I never recorded that stuff because, like I said, I wasn't doing it to to get the props. I was doing it because... Why waste the food if the kids didn't eat it? Then we took it to the shelter, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was beautiful, man. I, it's something I could never uh, imagine that was going to be as big as it did. Um, and that energy from my wife, uh, my, from my mom passing, uh, it literally took a whole year for me to realize that I stayed so busy. Um, I didn't take a, a lot of time to grieve, but her energy was so, it was just so, you know, and she always used to say, uh, what did she call me? She used to call me um, the next Father Flanagan. I used to laugh at her like, yeah, right, mama, you know. But when she died, I'm like, man, she might have been on to something. Let me get back out here and, you know. And it's so weird how it happened because it's not by accident. It was divine order. So, Man, and, yes, the, and the part on divine order, before I turn it over to E, to kind of bring it full circle because I remember in 2020, um, like when you got that call about, you know, found being at the head of the Bryan Center, I actually had contacted this brother over here. He actually had was the first person on scene to help clean up yes, the Bryan Center. Yes, sir. And so, <laughs> you know, from him helping spark with that energy, being a part of the group of individuals who helped clean up the Bryan Center that summer before the space was activated, to me having a conversation with this brother about the two definitions of waiting. And then I was able to deliver that sermon at your mom's homegoing celebration. Yes, sir. So it's like you talk about divine order of man. everything, man. Like everything comes full circle and full cycle, man. But I think that that's just divine. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, with what you've done, what's kind of on the docket of some of the things that you're looking to, looking to do or making happen right now? Um, so we're definitely coming back for this summer. Uh, starting in May, um, we're going to be a lot more intentional, mm-hmm. um, highlighting the people who uh, showed up without being called. 
So my my goal this year is to make sure I'm highlighting the real people in the community who's doing it for, you know, the love of their heart. And uh, we're going to have a lot of community resources. I want to make sure I have a lot of free vendor space for kids who got businesses or they can come set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be doing some, uh, you know, taking, we're going to do a, a kind of different angle as far as uh, having different activities for the kids during the time. So we'll have um, the power wheels down there for the little kids to teach them about driving. We're going to have the bike repair and ride stuff where you can come down and bring your bike and we'll fix your bikes up, you know, and definitely a lot of, we're going to have 20 intentional speakers um, every Sunday to come down and and talk to the kids and and then also set aside space for them after the talk. If they want to continue their conversations, they can go off to the side and do it. Um, and in 24th Street Takeover, mm. that's probably the biggest part of it this summer. We are going to be removing the gate on the front of the Bryan Center, and we're going to take over 24th Street, mm. spilling out into the street with vendors and stuff like they do in South Omaha, right? And, uh, and we're going to be real intentional about that. And um, that's going to be the biggest, the biggest thing. And this is the first time I've said it to anybody, mm. uh, the plan, because, you know, like I said, this is the year of less talking and more doing. Mm-hmm. However... Um, People are going to see it, and they know we're coming. Um, it's nothing going to stop us. So, mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Just, let, just keep me in mind when you oh, need yeah. some sounds. Oh, yeah, 100%. You ain't got to worry about it. I'm, they, I know they're going to request the, <laughs> the, the shoot them up. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, we can't do that today. Yeah, no. Nah. Give them a little something else on their mind. Yes, sir. We're going to keep it light and keep it fun. But no, definitely keep me in mind, and we're going to work some of them days out. Yes, sir, 100%. Appreciate you. So, yeah, I, I don't know if you want to move to the other topic a little bit. So mm-hmm. um, I really want, you know, since the family is here, to kind of shed, you know, again, some of the facts, but also just how they feel mm-hmm. and what they understand and and what's, like, moving forward. So I'm going to let uh, Brother Johnny and, you know, kind of lead this and just give some background on what, over the last couple of weeks, you know, mm-hmm. it's been a it's been a uh, another transition period. Um, I could say for the country, but seeing you personally, it's a transition, mm-hmm. and we've had those you know many discussions on that. But um, just letting you know, I'm gonna let you just be free. You get to speak on what you want to speak on. Yeah, man. Um, just first and foremost, man. Um, shout out to the creator, man, and everything that the creator do that we don't understand in those moments, you know, um, especially um, just coming from a spiritual family. I always say that I come from a strong family of women, a matriarchal family where I just come from very strong and divine women. And um, just seeing the strength of my cousin, you know, during this whole process of the execution of her son, and dealing with that, um, I think that that's been <laughs> just something that you can't even put into words. And it's in seeing the strength of women like that. It's in seeing the strength of women like my Aunt Sandra, who is my cousin Sherman's mother, uh, what she went through when she had her process and how she continued to serve. It's like in the midst of our troubled times and our darkest hour in the 11th hour, we still choose to serve. That's the type of family we come from. It's like, no matter what we have going on in our own personal life, you'll never know we still choose to serve. And to see my cousin take a voice for the people like the Jamal Clarks, the Philando Castiles, Mm -hmm. for the George Floyds, for the Dante Wrights, and tell their families and their mothers and their loved ones that she will make sure that their loved ones don't die in vain. Like, that's the type of strength that, you know, that I come from. And, you know, um, I didn't have my moments, man. Like, I didn't have my moments. And it's just truly in just seeing the things that my family then went through. I didn't have a chance to, to meet my cousin Amir. Not on that level. Last time Amir was around, he was still a young boy. You know, he was 13, 14 years old um, at the home going of his grandmother. 
but it was all about to be in divine order for us to all reconnect. And it's still in divine order because we're talking about a place that was activated because of the summer before. And we're talking about the Bryan Center. That's right. And this is a place where I met this young man back here, young That's Montreal. Right. Yes, sir. You know, this summer he was there at that space. He was there. So yes, it's it's one of those things in which I know that whatever the creator was preparing was only gonna be divine. And what has happened can still only be divine. That's right. And um just looking at it from a, a more removed perspective, man. But you know, his his mother's hurting, his father's hurting, his brothers and sisters is hurting, his family is hurting. But we gonna definitely make sure that none of this is in vain. We demand justice. We understand how this system works. You know, we see the hypocrisy of democracy. I talk mm-hmm. about how we can't expect democracy from a place that pledges to a republic. Mm-hmm. I see how they just gave, you know, Kim yeah. Potter 24 months for taking the life of a black man. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, um, you know, we gonna definitely make sure that we keep the fire to these people heal when it comes to the justice system. What's some of the, I appreciate that. Um, what's some of the ways in which the everyday person, whether removed or not, can try to help keep the fire to these people? Man, it's several ways. Um, one one of the most important ways that people can do is go and support the GoFundMe link. Um, we almost halfway at our goal. Um, if you go to my social media account, that's Johnny No Good on Instagram. That's the main one I'm active. You can search me on Google and all my stuff will pop up. But if you go to the Instagram at Johnny No Good, J-O-N-N-Y-K-N-O-G-O-O and add a D, it's the first link right there in the bio. Click on that GoFundMe. Even if you can't sh- if you can't donate, share the link. That goes a long way. You just don't know who in your network just spreading it to your network goes. And you know, I think I was on Clubhouse when I said it. Like a lot of times, we think that one of the most important things that we can do is offer our money. One of the most important thing we can do is offer our resources. Mm-hmm. Our resources sometimes is our connections, and most importantly, it's our talent. You know, so as any artists and creatives create out there in the name of my cousin to make sure that because just a couple weeks before my cousin, there was a young man in Las Vegas, you know, Isaiah Tyree Williams, who lost his life in the same and similar manner. Mm-hmm. Breonna Taylor lost her life in the same and similar manner. Fred Hampton lost his life mm-hmm. in the same and similar manner. So, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just like, we got to make sure that these people names and story isn't just being a blimp in the news line. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we won't allow to happen. So definitely do that. Um, and if you come back to me in a second, I'll have a couple of numbers that you guys can call uh, for the Attorney General Keith Muhammad and uh, Keith Ellison, I mean, and make sure that these people ask them why, why isn't Mark Hanneman fired? You know, we want accountability <laughs> when it comes to uh, interim police chief uh, Amanda, uh, Amelia Huffman. We want, we want these people held accountable. Mm-hmm. Mayor Jacob Fry, we want these people held accountable. Um, so we definitely want these jobs, man. But outside of that, it's in getting people in the right positions to be able to leverage power. And that don't come without having an economic base. And I think that that's an, another conversation for another time. But, you know, we're not, we not going into this blind, man. Yep. Mm-mm. And and I think even holding some uh, third-party organizations accountable, mm-hmm. how is the NRA not in on this mm-hmm. when this is exactly what they say they stand for? That's mm-hmm. right. Um, instead of them trying to do a smear campaign on he had a gun, he had a legal registered gun that That's he's right. in, in a residence in which he could have it. Mm-hmm. So where are you? Where's the you are our urban rifle associations right so these things um for these organizations that we are people are members of that stand for some of the things um that may have happened or transpired, you need to be doing something mm-hmm. you shouldn't you should be the first ones donating some funds and standing up like we got a right 
to hold our hold our own ground to be in our own spaces. That's right. Not for sure. And I will say that, you know, in defense of the NRA that the Minnesota Gun Owners Coalition, they issued a statement of support. First time mm -hmm. ever mm -hmm. that an NRA gun rights group then came out and issued a statement of support. But we need national. Oh, yeah. That's we right. need national groups and other groups to come out and issue statements of support. So we do appreciate the Minnesota Gun Owners uh, Coalition for issuing that statement of support. That, that set precedent. Mm -hmm. um, but it's one of those things that we do have the, the right to bear arms according to the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. And my cousin was a lawful and legal gun owner. Um, and, you know, another one of those ways that, like we was talking about earlier, of helping keep people accountable uh, County Attorney Mike Freeman has a phone number, 612-348-5550. Uh, and you can call and ask why you haven't charged a murderer and ask for him to charge Hanneman. There's an, also another number for Attorney General Keith Ellison. That's 651-296-3353. And ask Keith, Attorney General Keith Ellison, how come there have not been no charges for Mark Hanneman? Um, those are ways that you can go out and actively, um, actively, you know, um, exercise your right as a legal citizen to exercise justice. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. Uh, so for me, the news was definitely uh, life changing. Uh, you know, when I got the call that morning that uh, Amir had been killed executed by the Minneapolis police. Um, you know, we always, that family that's supporting the families when this kind of thing happens to them, and then it became us. Um, and you know, seeing Karen Wells on TV, and I'm Sherman Wells, it just, the reality of it, it really hit me, you know? And um, yeah, seeing her talk, her strength, um, but just seeing her name that first day, it just broke me down because I'm like, I can't believe this is our family now. This is happening to us, you know. But uh, we jumped up and, and we bounced. We went straight to her, you know, just for the hug. And right when I got there, she said, I knew you was coming. And she hugged me for like five minutes straight, you know, mm -hmm. um, because that's what it was about, being there for her. And Johnny drove the whole way there and back. <laughs> I was, I'm not saying I was too weak to drive, but I just, you know, this was my first time taking a trip out of town without having to drive. Mm -hmm. And uh, my cousin, he, he came through big time, you know. He was the only one I knew I could call and be like, hey, we going right now. It ain't the funeral. It's not nothing, but we got to go. Everybody else like, well, I'm going to wait to the funeral. He was like, all right, whatever you want to do. He packed his stuff the day before. We was ready. Um and then hearing the news that, you know, they initially said they encountered the suspect with a firearm and we just was 100% shocked because Amir's character is not that. Um, and like he said, the last time we seen him, he was a kid and uh, he was born in Minneapolis. So when he did come and, you know, right when we knew he was our cousin or he told, you know, his mom introduced us, he was smacking our heads and running around, you know, playing. And, and in our picture, actually, um, at his grandmother's funeral, me and him was probably headlocking, you know, and he just, uh, he was, uh, he was not that kind of guy. So when they said that, it just threw me off. And then when I seen the video and I seen my cousin never even really got a chance to see who took him out the game, you know, mm -hmm. he, he sat up in shock and them yelling and doing all that. It still wasn't waking him up. It wasn't until you kicked the couch and shook him. When that when you kicked that couch, he sat up like what? And yeah, of course, you know it's 2022. Let's not pretend everybody don't have a firearm. I know people who sleep with their firearm under their pillow. Mm -hmm. So for people to say why did he have it with him? Of course, he had just got off work that night. He's a driver. I don't know if y'all know, but in Minnesota, there's multiple carjackings. Matter of fact, when me and Johnny was there the first time, mm -hmm. uh, there was still carjackings every night. And because what's going on and shooting is because these people are they're still in cars so they can have something to shoot out of mm -hmm. and jump out and not have to worry about it being theirs, you know. And so cuz just wanted to protect himself. 
You know, so he was legal. He never been in trouble. His his people was, you know, part of the police and military and all that. So they helped him go through the training and get the the, the, the necessary license to, to be a, a gun carrier. It was the fear of a black man with a gun is why Mark Hanneman shot him. You got six police officers in that in that apartment. Why would one open fire? Normally, it's all of them. All of them if they're in danger. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Because there was really no danger. You just jumped the gun, bro. Mm-hmm. You already were scared of black people. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it, it hit me. And uh, my sadness quickly turned to anger. Um, because this is what we've been doing our whole life is uh, standing up for black people, uh, the rights of black people, and not only against the other people, but against ourselves. And like I said, the mental deception that we've been deceived. And so uh, Amir, man. Yeah, man. Amir, uh, man. Yeah, Amir, Karen, Andre, uh, it was tough. But um, like Johnny said, we're not about to let it slide. Uh, you know, we've been really reserved with our words. This is actually only my second time speaking on it, only because of him. Uh, you know, we spoke on it in Clubhouse and then this time uh, because I've been real reserved with my words because, like I said, my my sadness turned to anger really quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I know, you know, we've made a few connections in Minnesota, which is fine. Um, but we planned, we had already planned on traveling with the untamed community engagement uh, but and Amir was so big into that, we definitely wanted to get him involved in that, and so um, that was kind of the plan, and it just all got snatched away from us. And uh, but we are going to still do the things in his name, and 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 um, I've already spoken with a couple of senators here to look into draft a bill for the no knock search warrants. Um, we haven't really got a bunch of pushback yet, but we'll see once we draft that bill. You know. Mm. So that's what we're heading to, you know, um, drafting bills, still doing the work, um, and definitely holding those people accountable. Mark Hanneman, uh, Jacob Fry, all those people, man, you're not going to just get away with taking the life of one of our people like that. So that's pretty much where I'm at with it, uh, with Amir. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, just as you said, it's the whole, it's the campaign that happens after a person, you know, um, yeah, I think the toughest part is um, is knowing how they try to assassinate a person's character after they assassinate that person, literally, and um, how the story folded out. And, you know, even, you know, I'll play this clip real quick. And, you know, keep in mind that this clip is shortened, so go watch the full, full press conference. But just the lack of accountability and a lack of respect, you know, that they had when it came out that my cousin's name wasn't even on the search warrant. Right. You know, it's that type of stuff that really just, you know, that they try to try us in the court of public opinion before they try us in the court. I don't know. So can you speak to that? Certainly unclear yesterday, but it, it remains unclear if or how Mr. Locke is connected to St. Paul's investigation. And more information will be coming as St. Paul digs well, further into the case. In a press release, if you didn't know. If you didn't know. That's all the time we have, everyone. Let's call it. No, no. Was anyone apprehended as part of this? Also, when will you release your search? How is walking out of a press conference transparency? You are a murderer! Yeah, man. So, I mean, it's just, you know, that type of stuff where in a press conference where the day before, you know, you're supposed to be releasing official statements, official evidence, things that's factual, you know, as opposed to just saying at that moment that you didn't know or, uh, you know, you're still gathering the details of the investigation and the statement will be released at a further time or any of those other statements. Mm. Y'all try to assassinate my cousin's character in the in the media, man, and I think that that's the type of stuff, man, that's very, very painful, man. Um, but the one thing that I said before about the truth is that the truth, it don't need you to believe in it in order for it to be. The truth going to always separate itself and stand true. That's right. And um, this is one of those situations in which they messed up. They messed up. Man, yeah, it's a, a story told all too often. And 
I think with uh, it's almost sometimes you feel life is scripted mm-hmm. in the, in the midst of always bringing bringing reality back when we start to find some hope start to to get a Man. voice get some direction there's always a reality hit um in anything that we've ever done whether you're talking black wall street whether you're talking the bombing in philadelphia mm-hmm. right you know it's 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 always something to halt the progress or to distract us from what's happening mm-hmm. that's what happened with george floyd mm-hmm Got us all off while we were already discombobulated with COVID. That's right. Um, coming out of coming out of this, we get hit with something else. Mm. Um, during the month where we supposed to be celebrating at the very beginning, mm. but it, it's a testament to our resilience. But Definitely. It, it, we can't lie and say it don't hurt that we got to test our resilience all the time. All the time. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes we just want to, you know, see how we can grow, not how how much we can shield. Mm. Right, you know, um, we want to play some offense for mm-hmm. a change, not some defense. Mm-hmm. Always on defense, but none of this is gonna go, you know, remiss. I think uh, I was just thinking um, we're trying to make sure Amir becomes more than just a mere man; mm-hmm. he becomes a god mm-hmm. and, a, and a symbol, and. You know, like the old saying, they say, um, they tell you you die twice. Once when your physical body leaves and the second time when the people stop calling your name. Mm. So right now it's our job to make sure that Amir does not die. Mm. So Mm. while his body's transitioning, he's not dead. Mm. We are alive in spirit and we are alive in this fight with everyone else who's been slain um, due to this. And we're going to keep on doing the things that we need to do, applying pressure, putting the message out. Um, we're going to make sure uh, Brother Johnny gets access to our page, mm-hmm. our street saying our page, and I'm going to just let him flood it too. I'm like, going to get us a shadow band or band. I don't care. Mm. We're going to figure it out. But we're going to make sure that message is pushed out. We're going to start hitting all of our networks uh, with that GoFundMe, uh, keeping people abreast of the information. Mm-hmm. Uh, letting people decide for themselves, even though there ain't much to decide. We everybody's probably, by this time has seen a nine-second clip, mm. at least that clip, right. seen a nine-second clip. And the two have officers, and what people don't understand, well, he can have whatever he has. Officers are trained, and in those situations, they're trained heavily on when there's an immediate threat. That's right. They know what they're walking into. Mm. So unless there's immediate threat, they are trained how to de-escalate and how not to fire. This is why only one did and, and the other five or six did not. That's right. He'd have been, you know, it would have been a different situation if all of them would have fired. So this is how you know the mistakes happen. It was a one-off for them, a one that shouldn't have happened. Or I guess we say one that should have happened. Hmm. And we hear where we at. Hmm. Um, I want to give my condolences to the family. Um, that clip of his mother speaking at that press conference shook the hell out of me. Mm. You know, it's uh, extremely um, the 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 definition of strength personified. You know, mm-hmm. to be able to deliver that, how she, how she delivered it, with the conviction in which she delivered it. Mm. Um, you can tell that that's a. That's a fire that can't be put out. That's hot lava. Even if it simmers for a while, it's still a go. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we want to, you know, make sure we support support these brothers here. You know, I you got my support, a hundred. Sure. Even you know, I tell you, even me working, I'm salaried. I'll call off in a minute. My paycheck don't shift, so oh, right. I'm available whenever it's needed. Um. And we gon', you know, we got things in the summer. We got things this spring. Uh, we we all about bringing um, the community back to to communing that part, mm-hmm. and being amongst one another, and joy, and not just tragedy. And even even in <laughs> even in tragedy, there's joy. I often used to tell people, um, it's only two times in life where everybody you know come together. 
for your wedding and your funeral, and one of them you ain't there. So it's always a time, even in these dark times, it's a time to reflect and to, to gather amongst one another, to get to share that energy with one another and to build with one another. Energy can neither be uh, created nor destroyed, mm-hmm. only transferred from one to the other. Mm-hmm. So Brother Amir, all he did was embolden his mother and his father and his whole family Come on. from there to here. Come on now. And the whole nation. Yes, sir. That's all he did. Whether in his intentions don't mean it wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. And that's how it has to be, and that's how we're going to continue to move right. in this movement. It was definitely a push. And uh, like you saying about Black History Month, this is the month where we're supposed to celebrate black history, but you know, sometimes I find it hard to celebrate the history when the history is still happening. Um, where the blacks are still being treated, you know, like we are uh, not a man, like we are not human. We were not considered uh, people, you know. We were property, like a mule or a backhoe, you know. So Hmm. at this point, uh, like you said, with the death of Amir, even in the midst of all the preventative stuff that we were doing, um, his death just sparked a whole new fire to add on to what was already there. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to have a lot of community engagement. Actually, uh, March 10th at 5 p.m., we'll be doing a street renaming for Lillian Clemens on Caldwell Street. And that's significant to Amir because that's where Karen also grew up at, in the same on the same block, 27th and Caldwell, right there on the top of the corner. And um, so Lillian Clements, uh was raised with Karen, which is a, another one of our cousins, our, our, um, sus- our mothers and sisters. And she died in 2007 in Baghdad, protected another soldier during a time where they had their armor off and was sitting there eating and uh, rocket insurgent fire came in and she protected uh, the soldier and it killed her. The shrapnel killed her. And so... Um, <laughs> Ironically, Johnny was there, too, for that trip uh, where we uh, received a lot of money from my job. And then we navigated all the way to Florida in a 15 passenger van. This dude was like 14 and he stayed up the whole time. It took us like 36 hours dang near to get there. And it was all girls and just me and him. (laughs) 36 hours down, 32 on the way back. Man. Man. And... uh, I know it just seemed like a movie, the things that's happened with this family. And uh, however, we take it all in stride and we just keep moving. And uh, so that street renaming is is March 10th, 5 p.m. Everybody's invited. And uh, we want to make sure that we honor Lillian um, in that way. And I just want to tell you a quick story about Amir's grandmother, who is Viola Morgan. Mm. So um, as a kid... uh, my mother, she was heavy in the streets, and you know, back then it was just a lot of stuff going on with our family, and uh, she was doing the best she could. However, we was going through a lot of abuse and, and different things, and uh, we came over to Viola's house, which is Amir's grandmother again, and she seen the condition that me and my sister was in, and Viola. She uh, gave us baths, gave us something to eat, and then she called the state on us. And they came and picked us up, and they took us to a foster home. Mm -hmm. Uh, At that time, I was upset because I felt like she separated me from my mother, but what she did was actually change the course of my life. Um, I was eight years old, and so I spent those five years in the foster home, and in those foster homes, the first lady I met, she she showed me strength. I cried in my room for three weeks before I finally came out, and she told me, you're going to lay in here and cry or you're going to get up, you know? And uh, after that, I went to a church family, and then after that, Johnny's mom came and got me. Hmm. So again, the women uh, in the family is, is the strength, you know? Uh, and so Amir's grandmother was the change of course in my life that helped me even get to where I'm at today. And so that's why it's even more important for me to uh, 
make sure I always speak on Amir. Like you said, we can't let his name die. We can't let his legacy die. Mm -hmm. We can't let the fact that he wanted to help the community and help the youth die. And in death, he is helping the youth because a lot of kids walked out of school and got a chance to go straight to the Capitol in Minnesota and speak their mind. Um, we have kids organizing here that want to speak their mind. And so Amir in death still is reaching the youth. And that makes me proud uh, of him and proud to be connected with the blood of Amir, you know, so. Right, we appreciate that. Um, let's see, Brother John, you want to close us out? Yeah. Um, Take your time, though. We ain't, we ain't in no rush. No, nah, for sure. Um, yeah, man. It's just uh, it's just one of those things, man. Um, just admiring the strength of the women that we come from. And I think, um, you know, you talked about the speech of my cousin uh, talking um, and speaking. I think uh, the speech at the homegoing funeral is was very significant for me because um, it took her 10 months, nine months to conceive my cousin. It took her 10 hours to birth him. And it took him nine seconds to take away that life in which she birthed and created. Mm. And he was born on 11 11 99. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was 22. And he transcended to two of 2022. And um, that was the same day that his grandfather was buried on mm. my Uncle Theodore. So it's just like, when you look at the divinity of everything, man. it's just one of those things, man, that just, it's, it's beyond the family. It's something that's in a higher power. Definitely. It's something that was already in the works. And it's just one of those things that um, the fire is lit. The tender was already collected but the fire is lit. That's right. And, um, well, understanding that Theodore Jr., which is his uncle, is the same guy who gave us the access to the Bryan Center, Amir's uncle. Mm -hmm. So, which is Karen's oldest brother. Mm -hmm. So, like, like Johnny said, it, it is divine order. Everything is happening for a reason. Um, and we're going to continue to do what we do. Man. Yeah, no, definitely, man. So, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, man, I just uh, want to encourage everybody, man, you know, to be mindful of everything that's going on around you, to pay attention, you know. Um, it's, it's like our brother Malcolm said, it's, it's, you know, today we're recording this on February 21st. So this is the day that our brother Malcolm transcended. Mm -hmm. mm. This is the day a year ago at 10.07 a.m. in the morning that I found out about what was going on over there in Tigray. So, like, we just got to be mindful of what's going on as far as the global oppression and the global elimination of black and brown people. Like, we got to be mindful of that, you know, um, as different stories is coming out we got to be mindful of what's going on up there in canada mm. <laughs> as they arrest and protesters mm. you know we got to be very very mindful of everything that's going on out here in this world around us and what time it is you know um, so i just implore people you know to be proactive not be reactive and um and to know, you know, that my Angelo once said a very, very powerful and profound thing, and that's that uh, every storm runs out of rain. And these storms is running out of rain. Mm. And these plants is sprouting. And the plants that sprouted is receiving sunlight. And the plants that receive sunlight is growing. And the plants that's been growing is about to bear fruit. So just be ready to bear fruit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I say, and man, 
on that note, we're going to get out of here. Again, if you want more information on what you can do, um, you can follow Brother Johnny No Good. Yeah, and also go to the Amir Lock. Uh, that's amirrlock.org, official website. Uh, go check there for more information. Stay posted on everything that they got going on. Uh, there's more ways of how to support the family directly. Um, the GoFundMe link, all of that stuff is connected to it. So definitely check out the mirrorlock.org uh, website too. Right. And if you uh, want to keep up with the uh, Untaming Community Engagement, um, you can find me on uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, or Facebook under Sherman L. Wells. Under Sherman L. Wells. And uh, you can also find me on uh, Facebook under uh, Untamed, which is a community page. And so, uh, yeah. And we have, uh, there is the link uh, to his GoFundMe on my page as well. And I want to shout out one of my special brothers, Brother Melvin Muhammad, mm -hmm. for getting the word to the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, who put Amir's picture and story in the final call and on the front page of the final call. Mm. Um, and that was huge for us. So I got to give a special shout out to Brother Melvin Muhammad. Um, he he did that. So, yes, sir. Man, now that you're giving your special shout outs, it's like so many people that <laughs> it's so many moving parts. Like Man, it truly is like so many moving parts that have not been neglected, you know, to brothers like Stefan Youngblood you know who helped secure the domain names Amir Lock and AmirLockFoundation.org mm -hmm. just because of the situation of what happened with brothers like George Floyd where somebody bought the domain and held it hostage. Man. You know, just shout out to Brother Ron Smith, you know, who helped design the logo for the Amir Lock Foundation and people like Elijah, you know, everyday people, you know, uh, people from the Big Garden, they really came through. Shout out to the people at the mm -hmm. Big Garden. Right. Um, shout out to, you know, uh, Joanna and, you you know, your wife, man. She really came through when we was on our way going out there. She gave us the last hundred we needed to book the rental. You know, it's, it's been so many moving parts and so man. many people who've been supporting in and just pouring in love and holding space and checking on me. I just, I just appreciate y'all, man. You know, continue to send out that healing vibration. I don't know what battles his mother go through at night. I don't know what battles his brother's going through at night. You know, he lost a best friend. So just make sure that you keep them in your prayers and thoughts as well. You know, just, you know, this is definitely a situation which is going to be a long haul, a long battle. Um, this is not going to be nothing new. I mean, nothing quick and easy, but just keep us in, in mind for the long haul. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Y'all yeah, know where to find us at. It's mm -hmm. at Streets A A N D R. Streets A N R. We're on everything. Follow the pod, YouTube, uh, Spotify, Google, Anchor, not Anchor, all of them, the rest of them. Mm -hmm. Audible, we out here. Um, we'll keep you updated. Again, follow our page. We're going to be sharing information from our page, personal pages, and from the uh, podcast page. And with that, man. We'll catch y'all next time. Yes, sir. Peace. The beats, the beats, the flow, the flow, the rhythm, the rhythm. All movement starts from the streets.